The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. If it's the weekend, it's time to have fun with your pet. But when it comes to technology, apps, and what's hot, you don't want to waste money or waste your or your pet's time. Welcome to Pet Lover Geek with Lorian Clemens. In today's show, Lorian and her guests will keep you in the know to keep your pet happy as well as you and your family. Now here's your host, Lorian Clemens. Happy Saturday, pet lovers. Today we are going to talk all about pet safety. Specifically, we're going to explore the science that goes behind making sure that a safety product for pet is truly safe and it can withstand all that treatment that your dog or your cat's going to put it through so that the product is able to actually do what it's supposed to do reliably. Now, I know we've all experienced when you go buy something that's supposed to do something specific for you. Maybe it's a safety thing. Maybe it's not, but it's supposed to do some important task for you. And then it breaks after a couple of uses or you you lightly bump it and the thing never works right again. And it's really, really frustrating. It feels like a big old waste of time and money. And then when it comes to your pets, because let's face it, they're like our children, we start to be untrustful of products that are out there that are supposed to be safety. We want to know, you know, God, is this thing really going to work? Because I'm putting my, my fur kid at risk if it doesn't. So there's actually some place out there that is helping us with that. And that is the Center for Pet Safety. And today I've invited Lindsay Wolkel. She is the founder of the Center for Pet Safety to join us and talk about how they test products, how they put them through the ringer and make sure that they are safe and do what they say they're going to do. And then later in the show, we're going to actually get to meet two of the products that have gone through that CPS testing protocol and have received certification for the Center for Pet Safety. Super exciting stuff. And Lindsay, we're going to get started with you. So welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. This is great. It is great. And I, 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 I love what you guys do. I'm a, I'm a big, people listen to the show know that I'm a big proponent of, of being really super safe with your pets and have, using products that are going to keep them safe and sound. But I really want to know, what, what was the inspiration? Why did you start CPS? So in uh, 2004, I had a little dog who was in an abusive situation come live with me. And I had no additional room in my car for her. And she was just wandering all around uh, when we would travel. We'd go, you know, from place to place. And um, I had to slam on the brakes one day. um, And I thought, okay, this is not safe. This is not good. Um, I went to the local big box retail store where everybody shops. And I picked up a safety harness. I thought this was exactly what I needed. And I felt as a pet owner, I was doing the right thing. I was being responsible, protecting my, my, my Maggie. And um, a few months later, um, again, I had to slam on the brakes in heavy traffic here in the Washington, D.C. area. And um, all I heard was screaming. And, oh, my uh, gosh. <laughs> it, it, it was awful. I can't even begin to explain it to people. But um, Maggie had tangled in the extension tether of the harness. And when I hit the brakes, 
the product did nothing to protect her. She slammed headfirst into the back of the front seat. And um, it, it was very traumatic for her. It was extremely traumatic for me because I, it, it, I couldn't get to her. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's what started me down this path is, you know, the product should have protected her. And then I started thinking as we went through this, it's like that product should have protected me as well. And if there was a child or something sitting next to that dog and yeah, it gets scary. Well, that's the places that Center for Pet Safety goes are those places that people don't want to think about. Right. And I get chills actually just listening to you because I've actually been in situations like that where, again, you think something's working, uh, you know, and it doesn't. And dogs can get in a bad situation. We had a crate that uh, our dog, we had no idea he would even be able to do this, but he was able to get his leg through one of the sides and then he got stuck. And it was agonizing trying to work with him he's a you know only six or seven months at the time and it was it was it was horrible absolutely horrible so I'm, that's I love the fact that you started this company based on listen products should be doing what they say that they're doing so you actually it's heavily based in science in fact your website says welcome to the science of pet safety so tell us what that exactly means well so you know when you go out if you have children and you go to the store and you buy a, a child seat for your, 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 your child. Um, you expect it to protect your child. It's gone through crash testing. It's gone through scientific evaluation to safety standards. Um, what most pet owners don't know is that in the pet products industry, it is one of the most highly unregulated industries, um, out there. And, uh, pet products don't have to be tested before they come to market. It's kind of a wild west show. It is very much a Wild West show. It's terrifying. Um, the more we get into this, the more we learn about what pet owners go through. Um, but that's that's where we start. So we want to be able to measure product performance. And we need to develop performance thresholds. So what we do is, through our testing, we develop a grading system on what the product should do and what measurements can we grade the product against so that we can define what safe means for the consumer. And we are a nonprofit organization. We're a consumer advocacy organization like Consumer Reports. And this is what we're working on. We work on behalf of pet owners to ensure the safety of product. Right. So you're not being paid by a company to run these tests. You're, you're, you're doing this so that there's no uh, you know, money exchanging hands or anything like that. This is full above board for this, the interest of the pet, the pet and the pet parent. There is, there is, um, uh, we are not funded by the manufacturers in the pet products industry. Right. So um, it's a conflict of interest. Right. Absolutely. That's the word I was looking for. I couldn't quite think of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it. I need another cup of coffee. So, so let's talk about that protocol because my understanding from, from looking at what you guys have done, but also talking to the products that have been through your testing, it's a pretty extensive protocol. And it's, it's impressive that, that the folks that have made it all the way through with, and get to certification point have made it through. So talk about what, what's the protocol testing like for, say, like a pet carrier in a car, like what you would have had Maggie in. So the, the pet carrier protocol is, um, it's fairly simplistic. I mean, we're looking for basic performance um, from the products. And, and I think it's very uh, important to mention that we base these protocols on like the um, initial studies that we do on measurement of products that are currently on the market. So we find one that meets almost the ideal or the ideal. And we base the protocol on those and, and how that product performs so that we know it's attainable. This is not something that's outside of industry grasp. Right. 
Um, for a carrier, you know, we wanted to stay on the test bench seat. So there's a bench that we test. Uh, it's the same one used for um, child seat testing. We put the carrier on the bench. We secure the carrier per the manufacturer instructions. Um, manufacturer, in order to pass the test, the carrier has to uh, remain on the seat. The carrier, uh, the, it can't launch off the seat. Um, there are certain measurement points for the connections to make sure that the hardware will hold its position so that it doesn't loosen up. The test dog that we use has to remain uh, contained. And we have engineered test dogs. We're not using real dogs. Um, I worked with a NASA engineer to help us develop these dogs. So the same um, type of dog, the same type of dummy that you would see in like a crash test that you see on you know the videos that that you can that have the touch points right where you can see where how it works and everything is that ty the type of thing you're doing? Yeah. Well, we have we have the test simulants, the ca the crash test dogs that we use, and um, we actually put them in for coats for our initial testing. Um, we wanted pet owners to understand that this is about your pet and we needed them to have an emotional response to the testing. Mm -hmm. We felt that was critically important for them to, to gain the understanding of why we're doing this. It's not just testing a dummy. We're testing for your pets. Hmm. Right. So, so what, um, so let, let's say that, um, you get a product then that doesn't pass. What's, what's the protocol there? I mean, do you go back and work with the manufacturer and say, here's where it failed, or do you just, they're, they're done? Oh, no, we, we actually, for, if, they're, if a manufacturer's going through certification testing, we actually recommend that they're on site for the testing. Um, they learn a lot, and it, gets, it gives us the opportunity to work one-on-one -on -one with the brand. It's, we cannot problem solve. We are not consultants for industry, um, but we have learned a lot, and we do a lot of knowledge sharing. Um, I cannot even begin to tell you how many brands I've talked to around the globe at this point to provide counsel um, as they're working to get to this level. I mean, these are truly elite performing products. And um, it, we do work with the manufacturers. We advise them and say, you know, this is where this failed. This is what we're looking for. And then it's up to the manufacturer to go back to the drawing board and figure out, you know, are they willing to put additional monies into testing and uh, more research and development on their end. Right. And so how did, so it, let's say that um, a product wants to be tested or you're having a request from consumers about, hey, when are you going to test this? How do you determine what you're testing next and, and, and what gets tested? It really comes down to marketing claim and, and our budget. You know, we're a small nonprofit organization, so we have to have a budget put in place. And we, these tests cost thousands of dollars. They're not inexpensive to do a single test. So um, that's the primary challenge we have right now. Um, but yeah, it's based on the marketing claims what the manufacturers are saying. We have several brands out there right now in the harness space that are claiming that they are crash tested, that they meet what we have deemed excessive weights. And we need to look at these products and call, you know, do they, uh, does it actually work or are they going to, um, are they over-marketing? I guess that's it. Well, and let me ask about that because there are a lot of things out there that I see all the time that say crash test, you know, crash tested and, and safety approved and everything like that. And then I, I frankly go looking for you guys and for your stamp of approval because I know about you, but most pet parents honestly probably don't. Okay. So how, how are there other places out there that are doing this testing or are they just popping it on there and maybe doing the testing in their own car? <laughs> how, is, well, how are they claiming that? 
We've seen this on so many levels. So uh, in many cases, the manufacturer does some due diligence. They actually do do a crash test. However, the uh, the measurement of the, the pass on that is never been defined except for Center for Pet Safety. So it's very subjective on their end. And many of them claim that they have passed the Federal Motor Vehicle Safety Standard 213 crash testing for the harness. But that measures for human safety. It does not measure for pet safety. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that they're completely different animals the way we look at a product in the pet space and the way Federal Motor Vehicle Safety Standards look at a product for people. Well, it's a completely um, different anatomy for one thing. It, it, well, it's a completely different anatomy, but it's also a different measurement. And manufacturers are so good about deceiving consumers um, by saying they've passed, but the pet owners don't know that, except for Center for Pet Safety, there is no pass. Mm-hmm. It's all subjective. They make it up. Right. So, so with that in mind, uh, what products have you, what product or uh, areas have you tested and what product areas are you testing soon? So we have tested in travel because of my story with Maggie. Mm-hmm. We had started in travel, and we had sponsorship from Subaru of America. They were extremely um, concerned about the safety of these products and their mm-hmm. and their their uh, their drivers. Um, we've tested harnesses, safety harnesses, crates, carriers, um, pet travel seats. So far, mm-hmm. this year we're stepping outside of travel, and we're going to be conducting some testing. I really can't explain to you what it is. But it's based on some very concerning reports that we have had from pet owners, where pet owners' lives have actually, um, they've actually risked their lives Mm. to try to save their pet because this product failed. Wow. I look forward to seeing when that comes out. I I know you can't tell me what product it is, but I look forward to seeing that report when that comes out. Yeah, Um, it's a whole product class. So it's it's, it's just, it's going to be an amazing study. So what about things like pet food and treats and toys and stuff like that, which I often have my safety concerns a lot of times come from these type of things. Are those things that maybe in the future that you'll be trying to test? They're on my radar, actually. We're working right now to source laboratories to test some of those things. Um, It is challenging because many of the laboratories um, are affiliated with industry. Mm -hmm. So, again, many of them um, are squeamish. Yeah, working on a project from the way we, we approach things. Right, because so, they don't want it to mess up their manufacturing relationships. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, okay. and I get, I get that. But at the same time, I've had a number of dog toys in particular that had I not been a hawk watching one particular dog, they could have been very, very harmful to him because of the way he plays with things. And yet they say, you know, toughest toy on the market or whatever, um, and they're not. So... No, we found zip ties in uh, toys that have actually cut the insides of a dog's mouth. Um, we've had pieces fall off of toys, become choking hazards. We've had many toys um, uh, reported that have caused very painful. Um, the pet did not survive. Correct. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, and, and we need to look at pet toys. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but that's something where we're going. But again, it, it all comes down to funding for us. We're a small organization. Um, I'm still subsidizing the organization to some degree. Well, let's and, talk about that then. How, how could people help? Because clearly this has got to be something as a pet parent. They're like, I want to make sure that this keeps going. How can they help you? Well, you can donate to centerforpetsafety.org. Um, we have uh, PayPal links on our website. You can send a check to our offices. We greatly appreciate any support that pet owners can give um, because we're working. You know, it's it, it's great. You know, 
there are so many charities out there that need help. Um, but Center for Pet Safety is working to protect the pets that you currently have mm-hmm. and, and ensure their safety and ensure the safety of products for all pets. Right. Uh, and it's not just the, the, the product safety stuff that you do. You also alert people to recalls and you've got a lot of other resources that are out there for, on your site. Yes, we have a section for children. So if you're looking for, you know, family-friendly projects for kids that involve pets, um, we have a section for that. That's actually growing. We're working on that right now. Um, You can report a bad pet product to us. So very similar to the Consumer Product Safety Commission, we're working to expand that program as well. Um, But we ask pet owners, if you have an experience, we want to hear from you. Um, You can email us through our form. And we, you know, depending on the situation, in some cases, we do call the pet owners back. Um, we definitely respond to everyone as you know as we can, um, but we've received some devastating reports from pet owners, and we need to. This organization is so needed, and pet owners really don't understand how needed it is. I am so glad that you are on the case, Lindsay. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you. That's this is Lindsay Wolkoff from Center for Pet Safety, and we are actually get up next going to talk to two of the products that have been through her protocol at the Center for Pet Safety, including Sleepy Pod, who I actually got to interview on the floor of Global Pet Expo just earlier this week. So we're going to talk to them about the products that they've had go through the system and what that was like for them and how they are able to put out much safer products for you and your pet because of it. That's what's coming up next on Pet Lover Geek on Voice America's Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Voice America Live Events page is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. News. 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 Opinion. 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 
Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. This is Pet Lover Geek with Lorian Clemens. If you'd like to connect with the show today, please call us at 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. Feeling shy? You can also send an email to PetLoverGeek at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And we are back on Pet Lover Geek. And as I mentioned before, we are live on the floor at Global Pet Expo in Orlando, Florida. And I'm so excited because we're getting a chance to speak with Michael Leung. He's the founder and CEO of Sleepy Pod. And he is one of those, they are one of those amazing products that has been tested by CPS, like we just talked with Lindsay about. And they're an award-winning product, have a bunch of different products out there, several of which I believe have been tested by Center for Pet Safety. And we're going to talk to him now. Michael, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate you taking time away from your booth because I know you're really busy at the show. No, happy to be here. I want to talk first about what was the inspiration? What drove the, the beginning of Sleepy Pod? What was out there that was missing that you guys felt you could, you could change and make a difference? So Melanie and I, we adopted a cat, and that's how it started. We had to travel a lot that year, mm-hmm. and we wanted a product that would allow us to travel as a bed, a carrier, and mm-hmm. a car seat. And nothing existed on the market, so we just created our own products out of um, existing products out there. Oh, and so you took like products that were already out yeah, on the market it, and you kind of yeah, we kind of ad hoc them up into yeah, <laughs> just just for our needs at that time. Yeah, and it worked out so well that um, we said, hey, since we're designers, why don't we just make something right um, from scratch so that it actually uh, performs all these functions that we've tested already and um, make it look really fantastic. Well, so. let's talk a little bit about that because to me, testing, as you know, I'm a geek, and yes. to me, testing your design, testing your hypothesis is super duper important. Well, how do you approach that when you say, okay, we've got this idea for this great product, this is how we want it to work, this is the way we want it to perform. How do you internally as a company test it to make sure it's doing that? Well, when we were traveling with our cat, we just monitor her to see how happy she is traveling with us, how safe she is in the car, Mm -hmm. and um, worked out really well. She became a really uh, good travel kitty, Mm because most cats don't travel that well. Right, no. (laughs) But people always ask us, hey, how come she looks so happy and content and so calm in her little carrier? Yeah. So that's how... And then how how do you, like, translate that into doing... Uh, when you're taking it out to market, how do you translate that type of testing and, and bringing it into more than just cats, for example? Well, we first started with cats, mm-hmm. and then we noticed that uh, small dogs also like to have their own little bed mm-hmm. no matter where they are, so it's their uh, home away from home. Right. And um, customers, well, I, I guess before customers, we were just testing it with friends, uh, pets, and um, just see how they do, um, even just going to the vet, Right. Um, if they're happy, yeah. If they're happier, and we noticed that a lot of cats that normally would not like to go to the vet, they end up being really calm and happy, content going to the vet because of so. the way that they're being cared. And and when you when did you actually launch Sleepy the first Sleepy Pod? That was two thousand and six. Right, two thousand and six. Okay, yes. and then so from two thousand and six, you had the first Sleepy Pod. Yes. And then 
what was what was your differentiating approach? How did you approach yeah. like okay, see, new, small dogs need this, for example. So how did you approach designing new products? We always approach it from the perspective of the pet to see what they're thinking and feeling and what their needs are, rather than um, from our eyes. But we want to kind of see what they might like. Did you bring in pets. other outside consultants? Like the, uh, you mentioned veterinarians, but any other outside like safety consultants or anything like that? Um, no, at that time we, we did not. We just uh, relied on our own team of right. designers and engineers. So what led you to working with Center for Pet Safety? How'd that come about? Um, that was interesting because we were working on our crash test dog, uh, Max, at that time, and our um, harnesses mm -hmm. as well. And at that time, we were working on it. We got a call from Center for Pet Safety, and Lindsay told us that she was planning to test harnesses. Oh, okay. And um, at that time, we were working on ours, and we had to rush ours to you know get it done so that we were able to join the, um, During her test, the test, yeah. yes. And, and with part of that testing, I mean, can you tell us a little bit about what that was, what was that process like doing the test with Center for Pet Safety? Um, well, for us, we just worked on our testing first mm -hmm. to get it up to our standards to make sure that um, it's going to pass our test. We want to make sure that the dog is safely secured in the seat. Mm -hmm. um, he's not going to do any type of uh, rotation or any excessive movement in the seat. Um, it took us many tries, like probably like nine different um, tests. Like, how long does it take for product development or something like that? That took us a year and a half. Wow. So it's, yeah. not, it's not like something you go, okay, let's do, whip this up, let's get it made, and then have no, it No, because, yeah, <laughs> because every time we, we send our harness out there to be tested on our own, we always think that, okay, this is for sure going to work. Yeah. But, you know, it didn't work for eight times. Oh, yeah. So, so and what kind of tests do they do? So, you, so they're rolling over, you mentioned that, staying yes. in place. What kind yes. of, are there strength tests that they do? Uh, well, we do our own strength tests in-house first, and that's called tensile tests. So it's a machine that would pull the materials apart, then we would see how strong each material is. Mm -hmm. And when I say um, crash testing, it's a sled that is uh, propelled at 30 miles an hour, just like the child safety seat standard, mm -hmm. and then uh, crashed. So there's like, a, like an impact. And then you see how the actual product, in this case, the harness, performs. Yes. Got it. Yes. So when you got um, word back from Center for Pet Safety, did they have feedback or did they just say, wow, you guys were the best out there? But did they have feedback that maybe could help you improve even more? At that time, they just said the hours perform um, by heads and shoulders above everyone else's. So, Which is phenomenal, yeah. Yeah, so we were quite pleased to hear that. Yeah. Because uh, we did not know how the other um, harnesses that we have not tested would perform. So we were quite pleased to hear that our hard work paid off. Yeah, and it's interesting. So you, I, I think what I find is fascinating is that you were heads and tails, because Lindsay mentioned this too, oh, heads you were heads and tails above <laughs> every other harness that's out there. When you were de designing your own harnesses, did you do a lot of you know, taking apart other people's stuff and looking at how they did it? Or did you say, okay, no, let's put that aside. Let's start, let's work this problem and see what the best solution is going to be and not worry about what other people's solutions are. Well, we started uh, crash testing I mean, not harnesses, but we crash tested carriers for many years. Um, right. And 
There was one year when we were testing carriers and we had a slot open to test harnesses. So we purchased some harnesses from the marketplace and we were quite surprised on how they failed. Oh, so so, that, so that's, that made, that, that's what led you to yeah, the harnesses? Yes. Oh, that makes yeah, sense. and we, we did not know if we were able to design something that will perform to our standards. Right. And um, so it took us so many tries, a year and a half, and finally we did it. So it was the testing and of other people's work that led you to go, we yeah, can do this yes, better. Yes, that, that, that really shocked us because they claim that those harnesses are safety harnesses, but we found that they were not that safe. They're not so, that safe, yes. yeah. What are the common things that you'll see when you're testing, and what are the common failures? Uh, most of them would just uh, rip right off, so the dog would be ejected, and some of the tests showed that the dogs were shot through the windshield. <laughs> And yes, and others would break in certain areas, and the dogs would become um, strangulated. Oh wow! So and, and, yeah. and you actually design the dummies are are dog shaped and, and yes. And you, do you guys just designed your own? Yes. Tell me about that. So our first dog is Max, and he was designed to test all the carriers that we okay. have. And um, Duke is the dog that we have designed to test our harnesses. What, what's so, different between Max and, and Duke? Well, Max is a small little guy that fits into the, um, the carriers. And at that time, he's more of a certain uh, ballast weight that okay. um, was set to test the carriers. But for Duke, he's much more complicated because uh, anatomically has to be more like a real dog. Right. And we have to put the harness on him. And um, the balance, the weight distribution on Duke has to be precise, so it would represent a real dog accurately. What size dog? Uh, Seventy-five pound dog, so oh, kind of like a medium-sized German Shepherd. Yeah, definitely. And and do, do are you able then to say this is going to perform this way on a smaller dog and this way on a larger dog, or or the way you do the test does it kind of show how it would be on all types of dogs? Well, we chose a very um, a common larger size dog, which right. is about the 75 pound dog size to test. We don't have the um, 45 pound, 25 pound um, test dogs. Right. So we want to just go with the larger dog. And in our thinking, if we can pass with a heavier dog, then the uh, smaller the smaller um, dogs dog should, should, be, should, shouldn't be should be a problem. Shouldn't be a problem. It's, it's the heavier dogs that so there's no, are problematic. I, yeah. I don't know. I'm just asking this. Is there no difference in behavior or um, uh, functioning for a smaller dog than a big dog? I mean, I know a big dog obviously has a lot more weight that they're mm -hmm. going to be throwing around. The balance is going to be totally different. But a smaller dog, are they able to wiggle through things that they... Uh, our harnesses keep them pretty tight against the seat. Right. Uh, we don't use uh, extension tethers. Right, and I actually have tested yours with, with, actually my big dog refused to get in it, but that's another story okay. entirely. That's a training issue that I'm working through. Yes. <laughs> my small dog, <laughs> she actually did really well with it. And okay. I, I mean, honestly, I haven't had any time even to slam on the brakes with her, <laughs> but um, she actually did really well with it, and I was impressed how close to the seat she was. She wasn't as impressed with that because she is, frankly, she's she likes to be able to, to run around like a crazy woman. Yes. But, um, I appreciated how close it got her because the one that we had before, like you mentioned, had a, has a has a lead tether type yes. of thing to it, and that always made me a little bit nervous. Yes. So what, and so when you when you were deciding um, on doing the big dog and everything, that was up um, was that partially because to the bigger dogs don't go in your carriers. Uh, for the crash test dog, you yeah, mean? yeah. Well, we wanted to just pick a size that would represent the, the yeah like. The best. If, yeah, for one size to represent 
um, like from a, for example, a 25 pound up to a 90 pound, that's a pretty good medium sized dog. But you tested your carriers as well, right? Yes. And they, have they been tested with center safety as well? Uh, yes, they have. And how did they fare? Uh, all of them did really well. They, um, they all have the highest uh, crash test rating that um, she can provide for the certifications. That's fantastic. So do you have any real-life testimonials, folks, that have actually used the either your harnesses or your carriers and said, oh my gosh, my, this happened? Yes. Um, I think it was just about a month and a half after we started selling the first version, which is the Clicket Utility, mm -hmm. we received a uh, pretty scary call on our voicemail one morning when we came in. And um, this lady had uh, a very severe accident. She was driving with her husband on a two-lane road and a truck started going towards their car head-on. Mm. So they swerved off the road and they had to maneuver between trees and you know a lot of like hazards and um, the car was totaled and she was really shooken up in the in the audio too. You can come to our website and listen to that yeah, audio. I really yeah, I listen to it. <laughs> so um, her dog was uninjured and she was really appreciative of the product and um, she believes that the product has um, you know, changed their lives because Save what the if, life yeah, the dog, also, yeah, not just the dog, but also them because what if the dog slammed into the driver right, while he's trying to maneuver away from the hazard? And, and, yes. and as well as the distraction too. Yes. So tell yes. us a little, look, real quick, run down those, those products that we can get through CB Pod. And I'm putting you on the spot. Okay. So it's the Clicket Utility. Clicket Utility. We have the Clicket Sport. What's and the difference between those two? The Clicket Utility uses the latch straps, and um, they're the, the straps made for baby seats. Oh, okay. Um, so that was our first version. And then uh, we found that um, the Sport is easier to use, so we came out with that model. Right, that's and, one I tested. Okay. And safety-wise, they're both on par. They're both just as safe. And then um, the new version is the Clicket Terrain. Awesome. So that one, um, the safety has been improved upon even further. Awesome. And then what um, about the carriers? The carriers, we have the Sleepy Pod, um, the round one, which is, we call it the Sleepy Pod. Yeah, it's adorable, original. Oh, uh, Thank you. <laughs> and that one's really cool because your pet can use it as a bed at home. Yeah. And when it's time to go out, they're already acclimated. Yeah. And buckle it into the seat. And it's, it's, um, it's there, and, and, and it, it truly is a beautiful design. I know we're on radio, but go, go to sleepypod.com and check it out because it's really beautiful design. What new exciting stuff do you have coming up? Uh, the terrain is the newest thing. Talk and about that. What, what, tell me about that. Well, we designed that for highly active dogs. We call performance dogs or active dogs and service dogs. So the um, accessories that, that are optional, one is the, um, the backpack. Yeah. There's, we call it the terrain pack. Uh, for dogs that want to carry their own toys or food or you know, just wait. So Everybody that has to carry in their own food, right? Yes. <laughs> awesome. And I, I, I can't wait to try that because actually our dogs hike all the time with us. That's okay, so that'd be perfect. Yeah, yeah definitely. You carry your lunch too. Yeah, exactly. Well, and carry out their own poop when you're hiking in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my husband's prerequisite for any carrier has to be able to carry out the poop. Well, Michael, thank you so much for coming to us today. 
I really appreciate your time. Um, tell us where people can go to find out more about your product. Yes, please visit us at sleepypod.com. Awesome. And there are fabulous videos there, and there's really, really great product information that talks about all the different aspects of them and how they've been tested. Really great stuff. Thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Absolutely. And stay tuned, folks, because next we're going to talk about what do you do with those really big dogs and carriers for them. We're going to talk to Gunner Kennels. They've also been tested by CPS, and they're the only travel kennel crate that's been tested and approved by CPS for large breeds. That's next on Pet Lover Geek on Voice America's Variety Channel. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Aliens with Gas is the program you're listening to. We are the Extraterrestrial Rock Show, airing every Saturday afternoon on the VoiceAmerica.com Variety Channel. And we're going to play the rest of the Uli John Roth interview on our overtime. And I dig that because you're doing the, the Brady Bunch thing, aren't you? I am. Because <laughs> I have a, a theremin app right. on my phone. So it's not, you know, a real theremin. If anybody knows the Brady Bunch, what I'm talking about. Watching the skies. That's every Saturday at 2 p.m. Pacific time right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash. Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN the Voice America Talk Radio Network we're on the cutting edge of social media can you keep up? ask the experts call toll free right now 1-866-472-5787 Hello? and ask our all star team to answer your questions that's 1-866-472-5787 thank you for calling VoiceAmerica.com This is Pet Lover Geek with Lorian Clemens. If you'd like to connect with the show today, please call us at 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. Feeling shy? You can also send an email to PetLoverGeek at gmail.com. Now, Back to the show. And we are back for more Pet Lover Geek. Today we are talking about 
product safety testing, specifically about products that have gone through the rigors of testing with the Center for Pet Safety. Now, it is the only independent consumer advocacy organization that's out there that is dedicated to testing products for our pets. And in our first segment, when we talked to CPS founder Lindsay Lindsay Wolko, she mentioned that the organization had conducted in-depth tests with dog crates and kennels. So I'm really excited because in this next segment, we are going to get to chat with Edison Addison, excuse me, Addison Edmonds. He's a CEO and founder of Gunner Kennels, and they are the only pet travel crate to earn a five-star crash test rating from the Center for Pet Safety. So we're really excited to have Addison on the show. Welcome, Addison. Thank you. Now let's start talking out about but what led you to creating Gunner Kennels and starting this business. What was your inspiration to create such heavy-duty uh, crates? And I think some people have even called them the Fort Knox of kennels. What what led you to start the company? Sure, sure. So really, it it was all from uh, my chocolate lab Gunner. Um, I'm a big outdoorsman, and and when I was finishing up school at Ole Miss and and North Mississippi. Uh, I was taking Gunner everywhere with me, uh, whether it's to, to different hunts or, or different, um, any kind of event outside, anything I could take him to, I'd take him to work or took him everywhere with me. And I was never really satisfied or comfortable with uh, just the plastic crates that were available on the market. And so um, he's such a, he still is such a great dog. He's eight and a half now, but um, I really decided, you know, this dog gives me his all. Um, I think I want to give him my all and, uh, and build him a crate that I'll feel comfortable with uh, traveling um, with him in it. Right. And, and, and I mentioned before that you guys are the only travel crate company to actually earn that five-star crash test rating from the Center for Pet Safety, specifically for the Gunner Kennels G1 Intermediate. It's got uh, strength-rated tie-downs, super-duper heavy-duty, and it's currently the only one uh, that's out there that's got this rating. So what do you think sets your crate apart from the other brands? Yeah. Um, so the fact that it's rotationally molded, um, that type of manufacturing process is um, how they make kayaks and marine gas tanks. Just all the other plastic crates are injection molded, which makes them brittle. Um, so when I decided I wanted to make a safer box, um, that was the manufacturing process that I selected and um, took a long time to engineer it with uh, one of the best custom roto-molding firms in the country. Um, took over a year to design. I knew what I wanted, but I didn't know what I wanted it to look like. And, you know, once we designed it and came out with the first um, kennel, uh, I decided I wanted to run some craft tests before uh, we released it to the marketplace. And I thought, you know, this is the end-all, be-all. It's going to be perfect. This will be a breeze, and we'll, we'll release it. But um, what we found in our first round of crash testing was that we had some areas to beat up, um, namely the tie-down pins that you can strap it down with, um, and the door also. The door was uh, – our first door was junk. And so we, we did an overhaul on the door with about five different engineers and um, went back for another round of crash testing all through a uh, – uh, third-party independent research firm, which honestly I didn't plan on spending that much money on crash testing, but I felt that it was worth, you know, making sure we had it right before we released it. Um, but after a few more tries and, and a couple more goes at engineering and manufacturing, we finally got it where we wanted it. And I think that that's um, 
probably one of the things that, that set us apart was we actually did our due diligence and, and ran our own process before uh, there was any sort of, you know, Center for Pet Safety uh, testing or anything like that. And did you reach out to them or did they reach out to you? How did that, that process work? Um, no, I was, uh, I reached out to um, an independent research firm that does crash testing and um, did all our tests through them. And then we found out um, later on that our crate had been tested through the Center for Pet Safety. Um, so I was never, never really knew that that was taking place, that they were doing other tests on other crates. I, I, we, we crash tested other crates in our first um, initial test just to see how others perform to kind of, you know, where's the bar at and where can we set it higher. Right. I think that's actually kind of good that, that because a lot of times I think companies sometimes go and do all the testing themselves and they say, yeah, we're good. But to have that being done by a third party and something that you really have no access to, so there's no conflict of interest there. I actually think that that for me as a consumer makes me trust you even more. Yeah, I mean, I, I, didn't, um, I, I didn't know anything about how to go, how you can show other crates, you know, once I saw what we tested with other crates, I thought, man, you know, I'm glad we went through an independent research firm because legally I couldn't go and run my own tests with my own machinery and then show what we did because we could have tampered with the, the evidence. Sure, um, absolutely. But very, yeah. Awesome. And I know that, that, you know, you guys are actually game changers for two industries, not just the pet industry, but also the outdoor industry. And, and, and it's, you know, been said that you're a disruptive product. So what does that mean that you're a disruptive product out there in those two industries? Yeah, um, I've heard that before, and I didn't think anything of the first time I heard it, but I actually take, take a lot of pride in, uh, in hearing that. Um, I think that it's kind of because how we started, um, I set out, you know, just to build a better, better, safer option for my dog. So the passion was there. The reasons were there um, for why we started. And I think uh, if you talk about disruptive, uh, just being disruptive in the industry, you know, the other crates that were out there, they're making a lot of money, but they never put any money into trying to figure out how to, how to make it better. Um, I think they're more concentrated on profits and it's kind of obvious we're, we're not, uh, we're not in it to make money. We're in it to make a better box. I think if we were in it to make money, we'd be selling them at uh, over $2,000 a piece just with how much it costs us to, to actually make. But, yeah, I think that's uh, when I hear that, that we're, you know, breaking the status quo, that we're being disruptive. I think it's just the whole reason of why we started was because we love our dogs. And, you know, I figured there's got to be other people out there like me that, that wants, you know, the best option out there in terms of plastic travel crates. Well, yeah, and I I think that is so important because a lot of times I, I'm a consumer and I'm also in the industry. And sometimes when I'm in the industry, it's easy to get a little jaded. Uh, and you do, you start to look at you know, what the profit is and everything like that. But then when I step back as a consumer and I'm looking at some of the products that are out there and I'm thinking, I know how much it costs you to make that. And I know what kind of profit you're getting. And I also know what your manufacturing stuff is and gosh, this is not cool. <laughs> and it makes me as right. a consumer start to distrust everything. So then when I look to companies like you and I'm like, you're doing it the right way, it immediately gives me a peace of mind as a pet owner, but it also, it really makes me feel good about the, the future of the industry when I know that folks like you are out there. So thank you for that. Kudos on that. I, I, yeah, I, yeah. Keep going. 
Real quick, um, it's little things too. I mean, when we ran some crash tests, originally we were using aluminum rivets to connect our door to our hinge to our door frame. Well, um, in the crash test, the door kept shearing off, and so we switched to stainless steel rivets and tried that, and that did the trick and held the door shut during the crash test. And it's little things like that. I mean, it's costing us. The difference between stainless steel and aluminum rivets is a lot, especially when you're using 12 of them in each kennel. I mean, there's a lot of little things that the average person wouldn't notice on our crates um, that have big costs. Um, and it, you know, and the whole safety and crash test thing is what's what's driving that. Right, and I think it's really important for people to hear that 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 the best price out there might not be anyway anywhere close to the to the best product. But the same goes true. I mean, there's a lot of things that are highly inflated out there that you don't need to pay that much money. You're paying way too much money. Uh, so it's important to do your due diligence and actually look at the data that's behind the product before you go and purchase the product. And and I want to I want to people that are listening to 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 also understand that this sort of crate or kennel doesn't mean that it's just for a hunting or sporting dog. I mean that's that's how you started, but I'm sure that you've heard a lot of dog owners say things like, oh well my dog's so important to me, I don't make her sit in the back. I always make her let her sit in the front or we're just running across town and I don't need to worry about securing my dog in a big crate for such a short ride. What would your response be to them? Yeah, and that's hard. Um because I know where they're coming from, you know, you want the best for your dog and you think, you know, it's going to be comfortable in the air conditioning and, and back here in the, in the back seat or in the front seat. And I, I try to bite my tongue when I hear that. But, um, you know, if you look at a couple of things, number one, um, just being a distracted driver, um, if your dog is unrestrained in your vehicle or say in the back of your, your truck, um, you're constantly looking in your rearview mirror, just looking at the dog, trying to make sure the dog's not, getting in anything they're not supposed to or um, going somewhere they're not supposed to. And so it's just as bad as texting and driving when you're constantly having to check on the dog. Um, kind of on the second standpoint, you know, dogs dogs can become, you know, little missiles in a car wreck. I mean, just a 30-mile-an-hour car wreck by the crash test that we did, and that's a very, very violent crash test. And, uh, you know, those dogs can fly through the window. They can fly through, through, say, the back seat and, and run into one of your passengers. I mean, it's a danger to the passengers and the driver. Um, then also just the third um, reason that uh, why I feel, you know, you need to create them is um, you're containing the dog, you're giving the dog the best chance of survival if you were to get in a wreck. And I think people just, you know, nobody plans on having a, a car accident. So it's very easy to justify, well, I'm just running up the road um, for five minutes, he'll be fine on the inside. But Ever since I ran these crash tests and saw what other crates do and saw what our crates do, I make sure that every single time I'm on the road, even if it's going a mile down the road, I, I put the dogs in the crate. The crates are properly secured. The doors are shut with the backup latches. And that way, it's really uh, peace of mind. When you get on the interstate, um, you know you can forget about having to worry about your dog. You know that if you were to get in a wreck, you gave them the best chance of survival. Um, and that you don't have to be, you know, constantly worried about where's the dog, what would happen if I got a wreck right now. So it's kind of that peace of mind and confidence that you can focus on driving um, to try to, you know, not get in an accident. But it, it, it really was neat when the first time I got our crates, strapped both of them down, put both my dogs in there, and was driving down the highway, I, I remember thinking to myself, finally I can breathe. I can, I can breathe this out of relief that I've done everything I can do 
um, with what I know um, to keep them give keep them safe and give them the best of chance survival if we were to, you know, get a wreck. Yeah, I think that's huge, especially when you're talking about bigger dogs like what you're taking out. And, and I know there's a lot of really great um, harnesses and smaller um, carriers that, that smaller dogs are that are crash tested and do really well. But especially with these bigger dogs, really a crate is your best option. And so many of them don't have tie downs and, and, and how much weight they can withstand. I was really impressed by how much weight your, your kennel can withstand. It's tremendous. Yeah, yeah, that's something really cool. It's kind of just, uh, I mean, I knew I wanted to make it strong and, and durable. I didn't, I didn't know what it would hold up to. And I remember when I when I first got um, the research firm, I said, "Hey, I want to crush this crate. I want to know how much weight the crate can hold." And uh, they have this giant bites, and this company does all sorts of testing for military fleets and, and um, aircraft and, and safety harnesses and, and um, uh, things like that. And they put it on this giant vise and it broke the machine at 4,000 pounds three times in a row. And finally they said, we can't, we can't crush this crate. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> I said, you know, what do you mean? I'm paying a lot of money. I'll, you know, you've got, I want the, you to you've crush got it. the equipment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they said, first of all, we're out of, we're out of the part that keeps breaking and it's going to cost us too much money to, to try to get it in fast enough to, to run the test. It's it really cool just because, um, to know that it could hold, you know, a tremendous amount of weight um, is just that much more protection for your dog if, yeah, if that, something that, was to happen. That, to me, I was like, wow, that's amazing. What great peace of mind. So what's in the uh, future? I mean, we don't have much time here, but what's in the future? What kind of new products are you guys developing? Sure. We're uh, we're about to release a small, a medium. So we've got the intermediate and large right now. We're about to release a, release a small and a medium-sized um, crate. Um, and we're about to release about six new accessories and a couple really cool products that I can't really describe. But um, we've been working really hard on the product development side, and I'm really excited to uh, see where we can take this company. That is really exciting. Uh, tell everybody where they can find out more about what you do uh, and read about things like, you know, testimonials and things. I'm sure people have had some amazing stories about Gunner Kennels. Yeah, yeah. We've already seen five five car wrecks that uh, the, the owners have contacted us the dogs were in a gunner kennel and they contacted us saying our dog would be dead if it wasn't for your gunner kennel so that's that's really cool but um information wise you can look us up on online at gunnerkennels.com it's b-u-n-n-e-r-k-e-n-n-e-l-s or um any of our social media stuff is just uh, gunner kennels fantastic thanks so much for being on the show today addison yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. It was really great having everybody on the show, in fact, today. This is such an important topic. Uh, make sure, like I've said a couple of times already today, and I say every single week, make sure you do your due diligence and research these products yourselves. Just because it looks cool, just because it looks uh, fun and like it might be safe, do the, your due diligence, do the research, and then look for people like Lindsay Wolko out there at the Center for Pet Safety who are doing special testing for you. Thanks so much to her for being on the show. Thanks also to Michael Young of Sleepy Pod for joining us today to talk about his product as well. And make sure you check out our Rewind blog post on Pet Lover Geek. It's going to be coming out in a couple of days for more information about product testing for pet products. Now, next week, you want to make sure you tune in to next week's show because I'm going to dish with Carol Bryant from Fidos of Reality and Amy Tokik from PetGuide.com. And we're going to talk about the fabulous new geeky, techie products that we discovered at Global Pet Expo in Orlando this past week. We had a lot of fun, perhaps 
too much fun and we explored hundreds of new products and we're going to share our favorites with you on the show on pet lover geek on voice america's variety channel thank you for tuning in this week for pet lover geek please join your host Lori and clemens for another edition next saturday at 1 p.m eastern time and 10 a.m pacific time on the voice america variety channel now go grab your best friend and take them out and enjoy the rest of your weekend Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.